Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. You know, I think Sex in the City... Kind oh, of fuck, it always comes back to it. <laughs> I think that it is undermining the ability of women to act, think, and mm-hmm. and do things independently, mm-hmm. right? Well, you didn't even recommend it to me. I was like, I'm going to watch it. And you were like, oh, it's very full-on queen. And I was like, I'm going to watch it. Before we start this podcast, I would like to acknowledge that we are recording on stolen lands of the Yagra and Turbal people here in Mianjin. We're recording this the week of Invasion Day, and I think that it is important to make sure that your um, activism and your education, if you are a white Australian, is happening all times of year, not just around significant events for First Nations people. So um, I would recommend that you look into the Uluru Statement from the Heart if you haven't already. We mention it quite a bit on the podcast um, most weeks. And if you don't know what it is, it is about the importance of an enshrined voice into the constitution for First Nations people. And the idea of putting it into the constitution instead of just legislating it is that it can't be removed. And there have been lots of um, instances where progressive legislation has been passed through parliament, but then it has been reversed by conservative governments um, later down the track. So it is really important that when we make progress that it is set in stone and cannot be reversed or changed or removed. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek Podcast. Welcome. Podcast. Oh, why did I say that? Today, we're going to be talking about the relationship between hookup culture and rape culture. And the question of, does hookup culture perpetuate rape culture? So we obviously will be talking a bit about um, sexual assault and rape we won't be talking about any details but if this is a topic you don't want to listen to um skip this episode and come back next week so so (laughs) i think so i think i would be pretty confident in saying that um there is if not a rise in hookup culture with our generations then there's a rise of it being talked about and more open and less and more accepted instead of being behind closed doors. And there is a lot of um, rhetoric about the relationship between the two, insinuating or just plainly stating that hookup culture perpetuates rape culture, um, makes it worse and stuff. I think that the main argument for this is that, is the insinuation that when, if you're, you know, having casual sex and if you're hooking up with people you don't really know, then um, consent is not being talked about or secured. And I think that maybe perhaps that comes from the fact that, or the idea that you can't communicate very well with someone you don't know or someone that you're casually hooking up with. I think that the assumption probably comes from the fact that a lot of people that do engage in this have had bad experiences. Yeah. Like, cause I think it's hard because I mean, I know what you're talking about. I think a lot of people would say that consent is harder to achieve in environments, but like, cause I think that rape culture and hookup culture, like we need to like determine what, what we mean by those things as well. Like hookup culture, I think we see particular, I mean, I think it's been very popular or part of our culture for mm-hmm. like, almost a decade now at least would you say yeah i mean like normalized having very like casual yeah. relationships dating multiple people like i mean i think sex in the city kind oh of set fuck it always comes back to it <laughs> i've never seen it carrie sam 
what is that one of their yes, names? Well, I think that I think that Sex in the City and that like moment in time was Hit when women started to um, claim their sec- own sexuality and started to be more comfortable asking for what they wanted and like going after what they wanted. And if that was casual yeah. sex, and they would just do that. Not that there was any less critique, I don't think. No, that's the thing. I think that what it was like a, I think Sex and the City offered the start of the normalization period, Mm -hmm. basically. I mean, and I don't know, I wasn't really alive when that came out. When did it come out? The 90s? 90s, yeah. yeah. I mean, I watched it when I was in my like early 20s, late teens. So I did, I missed the moment, but I think you were there. Yeah. (laughs) I witnessed the moment. moment I missed the moment. By 20 years. It's <laughs> the moment. That's like say you got to a news story three hours too late. Oh yeah, tw- twenty years. <laughs> I missed the moment on account of not being. But alive. I like that you like it because that's shocking to me. Yeah, it's because it's like I watched it at a certain point in my life, and it was really important in that yeah. moment. Um, like now, when I go back and rewatch it, I'm like, stop that. And my not, this is not the same thing, but I, I understand why you can't watch it, but I've been watching Euphoria lately, which I think a lot of people have been watching. Do you know the latest episode of Euphoria? I think not this week's, last week's episode two of the new season had more reactions and engagement online than the final episode of Game of Thrones. Really? Yes. Wow. That's insane. Euphoria is Gen Z's equivalent of Sex in the City. Not comparing the two. Well, it's way more fuck off violent. Like, it's not fun. It's one of the least fun, enjoyable shows I've ever seen. Yeah, I couldn't handle it. So I don't know what I'm talking about. So, but I think it's what I, what I... I've been recommending it to a lot of people. I recommend it to you. And then you tried to watch it and you were like, no can do queen. Well, you didn't even recommend it to me. I was like, I'm going to watch it. And you were like, oh, it's very <laughs> full on queen. And I was like, nah, I'm going to watch it. I don't care about full on. I can. I, I think you should persevere actually. Oh really? Yeah. Cause you I don't re- often say that. Well, no, I don't because whenever I recommend something to someone and they don't like it, I get very <laughs> offended. And this has happened on multiple occasions with us where I've been mm. like, you should try this. And you're like, this is like the worst thing that's ever happened. Well, well, I wasn't going to bring it up on the podcast, but I can't believe you still haven't watched The Good Fight. I know. I tried I to I tried to log into your sister Sophie's stand <laughs> and the password didn't work. Oh, yeah. She um, has changed a few times because your TV is linked to Melbourne. I know. So every time Anyways. I log in, it's like someone from Melbourne has tried to log in. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just me, Sophie. Sorry. Stealing your stand <laughs> with nothing in return. Anyway, well, back to the point. we've got your Disney Plus. Oh, okay. She's got it? Yeah. That's great. Great. Anyway. anyway back to it my point being i think there's a lot of shows like we've got sex and we've got euphoria and obviously these shows deal with like a lot of dark subject matter but i think one of the things that they do is normalize um the sexual experiences that we have in high school and i'm not saying that what euphoria represents is normal high school experience if you watch it you'll understand exactly what i mean and if you're looking for all the extreme stuff and if you're looking for a new TV show and you don't like things that are like R-rated, don't watch Euphoria. I don't recommend it. Hmm. But I think that what they're doing is for – like my sister watches it, Euphoria, which mm-hmm. I think is wrong because she's 16, but I think in my mind she's eight. So I'm like, no, no, no not for you. <laughs> um, and I think when I know that, that Gen Z is watching these shows, I'm like, well, as much as they are 30-year-olds playing high school students and they're the hottest people I've ever seen, I do think that some of the conversations that are brought up and some of the like the inclusivity, I think there's different aspects of it where I'm like, that is bringing new ethical standards in a way and mm-hmm. having conversations about the issues with hookup culture. 
But also, like, I think the I think the deep rooted issues of hookup culture are elements of rape culture. But I think it's because I don't think that. I mean, my fundamental answer is I don't think this hookup culture perpetuates rape culture. Mm-hmm. But I think that the worst, most toxic parts of hookup culture mm-hmm. are rape culture because I think the point of rape culture and the definition of how we look at it is mm-hmm. it's a culture or like a social conscience where women or victims of sexual violence, the onus is put on them to put themselves out of harm's way. And it's yeah. about how and if and when we report. It's about how it's policed. It's about the entire system that normalizes sexual violence, mm-hmm. right? So I think that we're living in that. So fundamentally they are connected, but I don't think that hookup culture perpetuates rape culture, but I think that there's elements that coexist. I think that this has just popped into my head. This is not premeditated. I think that women who participate in hookup culture are more likely to be victim blamed for their own assault. Definitely. Um, and that is in my mind where the link ends. Um, cause I also, I just want to mention, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know who it was. I'm really sorry. I was scrolling through Instagram and, um, this video came up, um, and it was two people talking about the relationship between hookup culture and rape culture and saying that arguing that hookup culture does feed into rape culture. And the core of the argument was that um, sex can't be casual because consent isn't casual, implying that casual sex is non-consensual. And I, I don't, I say I watched this video. I don't think that it implied that. I think that's exactly what it implied. The, so can you, sorry, repeat what you just said, the implication. So they said that, that sex cannot be casual because consent, because consent is not casual. But yeah, see, and what did you take from it? I took from it that it implies that casual sex cannot be consensual. No. See, I just think that what I took from it was that this person is saying that for them. But they weren't talking about it personally. Oh, but I think... I think their opinion comes from personal experience, right? And they might be putting it onto people, and I think that's unfair mm-hmm. because I think that I know that I I don't know how well I do with having casual sex with multiple people mm-hmm. um, because I'm overly sensitive and emotional. <laughs> Even though on the outside I'm like I fucking like no one. <laughs> <laughs> I like no one. I just want people to like me. I, I love that I'm one the biggest extrovert. Two hate being emotional, vulnerable with people. But three am also the most emotional and <laughs> insensitive person ever. Like any if someone's like. Hmm, I think you should move the full stop in this sentence. I'm like, oh my God, I have to go home. I need <laughs> Please love me. Anyway, back to it. I think that for a lot of people, sex isn't casual, mm-hmm. but I don't think that, and I don't, and I don't think consent is casual either. I think consent is important, right? Yeah. So I think that that conversation can't be casual. It has to be absolute, right? And it has to be active. But I don't think that the assumption they were making was that cons- casual sex therefore cannot be consensual. I think they, what they were saying is neither of the acts of consent or sex in my mind, in their mind, are casual. So it's not that it's not consensual, but this like cultural norm of it being like a whatever thing can't be because they're both important acts. But I don't think they were saying it's not possible. Either way, I still think it's wrong. 
Incorrect. I, I don't agree with it because I think that that's putting too much of your own. Like, I know people that can, with great ease, mm. have sex and just be like, whatever, one and done, happy with that. Moving on. See yeah. you later. Fucking impressive shit, right? But I, I also think that you have to have very clear boundaries to succeed in that environment. Yeah. But I think that, like, you can so easily have casual sex that's consensual. Like it's, it, it is for some people, I'm not saying like, oh, for everybody, it's easy to have a consent conversation. But I can see where the idea that it, it's, it's tough can come from because I think that's perpetuating the patriarchy. I mean, I think it's not per- to be dramatic. I think that it is undermining the ability of women to act, think and, mm-hmm. and do things independently. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, but here's the issue. I think that maybe what it's referencing, and this is the experience of a lot of people who engage in hookup culture is it's. At a time maybe in and, and this is very circumstantial, I'm not arguing for this this perspective, but mm-hmm. I can I'm just offering what I think maybe it's entrenched in, is like a lot of people who are engaging in this sort of casual hookup culture do it in maybe a university environment or like they're going out to bars, they're living in a sh- like they're sorry, they're going out to bars, they might be getting drunk, it might be at house parties and all these sorts of things. And I can imagine it being end of high school, early uni, very young, potentially naive, and again, all circumstantial, and it's with a lot of drinking that's involved, maybe drugs, and this is where the lines start to blur. And this is where casual is really hard because you might be having casual sex, but in an environment where you're not necessarily safe. But I think that's a whole different thing. It is because people, I think young people, I mean, I think we all have a tendency to like center ourselves and like only think about things in the way that we've experienced them. Mm. Um, But like hookup culture is not about like getting full down drunk at the bar and then going home with someone who's also just as drunk or less or more drunk than you. Like it's not, that's not the only way to participate in hookup culture. Like people, like plenty of people are having sober, casual sex yeah. of like of all ages and genders and, you know, different combinations of things. Absolutely. But I do think a lot of people have had that experience. I, and then not- I think so too, but I don't think that is a, I don't think no. their negative experience is a result of hookup culture. No, 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 absolutely. But I think that I, and again, not arguing, I, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate for you. I fucking hate those words. They should never be on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to argue for this video or whatever, but I just think that maybe the perception is, is that those are the circumstances where people are more prone or in an unsafe position because it becomes more unsafe in those environments. And it becomes, um, not like, What's the word? I, I guess like more questions around it. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's a great argument. And I don't think that that's the way that hookup culture should be. Mm-hmm. I think that if we look at the way, like the fundamentals of what hookup culture is and how it succeeds and its best qualities, it's, it's that it's mm-hmm. independent people who have agency, who have clear boundaries going into situations and saying, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. It's very transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very clear and level headed. And, but the, th- the thing is at the end of the day, like, it is a lot more complex than that. It is a lot more circumstantial than that. And everyone's different. Yeah, so it is a really it hard have to be complex. No, but I think that these things often are. Cause I think that I, I do think that the majority of people who engage in it f- frequently do find it more complex than they imagine it to be. Mm, maybe. I think maybe not like from your perspective, because you do have very clear boundaries. Yeah. I just think, 
I just think it's problematic to talk about because I just think that this line of talking, I'm not saying this is what you're doing, but I think that this line of like thinking removes agency from women because I think it's we're always talking about, oh, it's always more complicated for the woman. Yeah, because that assumes we're all emotional beings that can't like make a decision without getting totally in, like it exactly. can't have sex without being in love. And that's my problem with No, it. absolutely. And I think that that's totally fucked. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's the biggest flaw of this argument is like that it's we, taking away. Yes. Sorry. Like if we, if we would, you know, having this whole conversation, then one of us like, well, this whole time I've been talking about like gay couples between two men, I think the the reaction would be so different. But we wouldn't be talking about it because I'm not a gay man. Yeah, that's true. But if, if we're talking about hookup culture generally, haven't we agreed that we're not talking about it from our own perspectives? True. Or like the importance of not only thinking about this from your own perspective. I think when you make broad sweeping statements, they can't be influenced by your own feelings on, or like how you would be in that circumstance. But, I they think that's are. Like the, but I think that's the basis of like misunderstanding one another. But aren't we always talking from our own perspective because we can never be unbiased? We are, but I guess I'm saying like not everyone has the same experiences as you. Because I'll, oh, this is my hot take that I've been saving. I think that hookup culture, like if we were to achieve the pinnacle of hookup culture yeah. where um, like sex did, doesn't mean anything if you don't want it to mean anything, yeah. both parties consensual, all of that, then I think that that is the antidote to rape culture. Because Expand. <laughs> I think I agree with you, but I want to hear why. Because I think what perpetuates rape culture is not hookup culture, but purity culture. And the fact that, and like lack of sex education and um, not teaching people when they're young about boundaries and making sure that women know that they have the agency to say no, making sure that men know that like rape is not allowed. I think that is how we like I guess abolish rape culture yes and I think that but I think I completely agree with what you've just said and I think that that's what it comes back to when I said earlier like the worst parts of hookup culture are rape culture Mm. because I think that if if hookup culture existed the way that we want it to in that high quality like if sex doesn't mean anything to you and that's how you want it and you do it on your own terms in your own way in a very healthy managed way with another person like all people who also doesn't yeah they've agreed that it also doesn't mean anything to them yeah then it is the antidote but it's because you've got these these toxic aspects it's Mm -hmm. like like underneath like I feel like it's just like in my mind, it's just like this like dark underlayer yeah. of problems, right? Yeah. And those are rape culture infiltrating because it 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 poisoned the waterhole. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. rape culture is everywhere. But so, the other thing is, like, there are rapists who participate in hookup culture. So, yes, and they that, are and the poison, and that is the intersection. Don't you think it's the rapists? Or oh, sorry, can you say again? <laughs> Hook, they only have a link because there are rapists who participate in hookup culture. Yes. That is literally the link. It's not about the actions, really, unless it's the rapist's actions. It's getting a bit too complicated, I think. But, like, if there were no rapists, we could all have hookup, we could all enjoy hookup culture as a society. 
Yeah, but not everyone can enjoy hookup culture. I mean, if we want, I mean, generally, like, yeah, yeah, we yeah, as a society yeah. can, like, accept it as something that's But fine. it's not only rapists that are the problem. I think the other people that are the problem Assaulters. are the, so, Yes, true. <laughs> but the other people that are the problem are the people that don't, um, the pure, the people who are, like, of the view of purity culture, mm. the, them inflicting their opinion. Yeah. I think that it's, like, the fact that as a social group, those people accept rape culture. And I'm not saying people who are of the view of purity are rapists. That's not what that means. What I mean is the people that shame women for their sexual acts Mm -hmm. and victim blame and try to make women in charge of their own protection against sexual violence and the barriers to reporting. Mm -hmm. I think that Venn diagram is a circle I think us shaming women, us doing all these things, and not us, but society, Evil. perpetuates rape culture. And so I'm not saying you're a rapist, but you're assisting in, in putting up the barriers to women beating it. Does that make sense? Yes. Do you think that's problematic? No, because I'm about to say something even more problematic. <laughs> I don't think it's problematic enough. <laughs> Here we go. What is beneath a man's insistence that purity culture is the only way it's a belief that women are it's a belief there to serve their husbands yes. and should be available when their husbands want them to be available sexually look i i think there's huge fuck off issues with institutions that engage in that sort of behavior like i don't i think that if you're truly interested in participating in purity culture and oh god i don't i don't want to even talk about the church or anything because let me just say something else purity culture doesn't mean when i say purity culture i don't i'm not talking about every single person who wants to wait to get married to have sex yeah like it's the the institution of purity culture yes i think it because i also think like i mean fundamentally i think who in their like actual own independent brain is like i must wait like, I don't think people are like that. No, I just think it's impossible to extract the conditioning from the brain. Do you ever watch those YouTube videos where they're like, we didn't hold hands till marriage? Yes. Oh my God. It's and, that, look, and everyone can do what they want, seriously, but I would advise against it. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Imagine, like, imagine if they brought Fear Factor back and it was like putting people from purity culture in it and they were like touch fingers. <laughs> It's like Joe Rogan, <laughs> who I'm not sure if everyone knows this, but he used to host Fear Factor, one of the best shows ever on television. Seriously? Yeah, he was the host. Oh my god! Do you remember this show? Yeah, but I don't think I ever watched it. It's so good. They used to put people in like beds of bugs and stuff, or jump out of planes. Yeah, I think I've seen. Like, You'd have to do three ads. rounds. Oh god! And um, yeah, I can imagine them getting like people who've like never had sex before, and they're like, "I've been with Brandon for seven years, and we've never even looked at each other in the <laughs> eyes." And it's like first round, hold, hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. We're leaving the million dollars behind. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so much research about the impacts of purity culture on people, particularly young women. Well, I guess I actually know I retracted on everybody because it does, it turns people into perpetrators and also into like survivor victims. So I don't have anything nice to say about it. Nothing nice to say. 
Well, if PVO was here, he'd be like, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> if you're not going to smile, <laughs> stay home. <laughs> That's Scott Morrison's new COVID messaging. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that, like, when I say it comes back to your boundaries, mm. I think that's what I mean. Like, at some points, if we go into an, if someone goes into a, an interaction or like a sexual experience with someone else um, that they might like have never seen before, like it's a you know first date or first hookup or whatever, um, one there's like you need to have your own boundaries to what you do and don't accept and want and and consent to sometimes it's not your choice what happens in that situation mm. if someone betrays you and yeah. assaults you right yeah. that's not what i'm saying but i think that like in a casual environment if the other person is not a fucking rapist um and they are an okay communicator or blah blah, blah i think you, you need to have a certain ability to say no yes blah blah, blah. like i know at you know, younger me would have let things happen that I didn't want to do mm-hmm. and just not said anything. Yeah. And I think that that's for like why I couldn't engage in casual relationships because mm-hmm. I didn't trust myself to like put my hand up and be like, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's not, that's just me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that now absolutely I could be like, no, fuck off. Right. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people that is tough sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why it can be, totally emotionally draining a bad experience because you're just not that actively communicating. I think a lot of sex, especially when we're younger can be like that Mm -hmm. because we're not given the education that we need at the time. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is that I meant to mention before, but I forgot is that like, I think claiming that hookup culture like causes rape culture or has a relationship with rape culture is ignoring the fact that, many 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 instances of sexual assault or rape happen within a relationship yes and that's that's not hookup culture you're fucking like in many countries marital rape is legal and that's the thing is because like earlier what you were saying was you know i think that people are more willing to blame um women who engage in hookup culture if Mm -hmm. they're raped but it's interesting because if you're not engaged in hookup culture and you're dating or married to someone and Mm -hmm. then you are raped people are even more dis not even more but just as dismissive of what's happened to you yeah, because right. that's your partner, mm-hmm. right? And that's like, that's totally legal. Like marital rape is totally legal in some countries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, well, you married him. So why didn't you want to have yeah. sex? Hmm? Which is so interesting that people can't understand that to me. Me too. I don't know. If it's, it's like you're a possession, an object, even more so in that situation. And it's like, exactly. well, why don't you make yourself available? Yeah. And I think like, I would never say like, it's like, worse to be assaulted in one way or the other but there is something like particularly so fucked up about someone who you're in a relationship with like just violating your trust and yeah you like physically and mentally and emotionally um so i think that's i think that is probably the biggest argument against the fact that against the argument that hookup culture perpetuates rape culture yeah is that rape culture happens everywhere and that was one of my biggest points with the purity culture thing. Like if we're talking about purity culture sex, we're talking about sex within a marriage yeah. um, being the only time that it's okay. Yeah. So it's just, I really don't think they have a relationship with each other. If you didn't find us completely insufferable, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. You could also find us on Instagram at Cheek Media Co or online at cheekmedia.com.au. Yes. 
That's the one. That's the one.